Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, it is that time to continue the podcast that should have ended uh, last time and actually do the season preview. I know I've heard your complaints in the chat, and like always, I ignore them until the last possible second and then eventually do what you guys ask me. So here's finally the season preview. It's already in mid-May, but still plenty of time to predict what's going to shake out through the season. And this is going to be a big show because someone is making their podcast debut but definitely not making their podcast debut, but we're happy to have him back anyway, is GB. GB, how you doing? How wonderful how are you? You're still kind of down to the dumps, GB, or very tired, one of the two things. Um, I'm just not, I don't, I'm a, I don't like the sim. It made me sad. Yeah, I, I, I can completely relate to that. And, uh, on the other side of things, uh, on the other side of things, making their podcast debut, apparently a good friend of GB in real life, and the general manager of the Minnesota Twins, Rumble. Uh, Rumble, how you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> well, good to have you on the show. Are you excited to uh, make audio history here? I'm a little bit nervous. Oh. <laughs> There's no need to be nervous. This is not if you've ever heard this show before. Um, so, uh, let's start off by talking a little bit about you, Rumble, because, uh, other than your fetish for tall redheads, I don't think the league knows you very well. Um, what made you get into uh first class mogul? I'm assuming that GB and bribery was somehow involved. Uh, yeah, GB, uh, got me in, uh, well, I want to say about four or five years ago, I was briefly involved in five tool and, uh, then mm. I got out of it. And kind of since then, he's been hounding me, and he's uh, just so happened that there was an opening when, uh, last time he got with me, and I was like, screw it, let's try it out. So here I yep. am. Uh, what makes uh, F- what about your experience in FCM has been different or or the same from your experience that you had, quote unquote, briefly in Five Tool? Um. Well. Kisu was in Five Tool when I was there, and it just mm-hmm. seems FCM seems like more uh, friendlier league, I guess. I mean, I know there's good-natured ribbing, and uh, but for the most part, it's there's not a whole lot of anger, and there was in some Five Tool chats at points. Uh, yeah. Did that take it out of? Did that sort of take you out of the league that you just felt like you couldn't handle? Like, like not that you maybe couldn't handle the anger, but that's not what you wanted. Not the kind of league you wanted to be in. No, actually, uh, I it was I was out at the bar one night and I got upset with somebody and I was just like, screw it, I'm done. So, <laughs> I guess you could kind of say that, but it was I guess kind of alcohol was more involved than anything else on that deal, but. I mean, alcohol tends to be involved with the, of, in both, like, the best and worst decisions of most people. So it's just a It's a double-edged sword. Yes, exactly. So when you saw Minnesota, what did you really see with that team, and what was your plan? Well, when I looked at them initially and from talking to a couple people in the league was they had a good team, but it just kind of seemed like they didn't really fit fit very well together. I mean, obviously, uh, and we'll touch on this more later, but uh, Palencia and Johnstone were really nice pieces that they had in the majors. And uh, they had a few uh, prospects, but uh, from my understanding, they they were kind of autoed for about a season mm-hmm. or so. And... Uh, I mean, they, I'm not a very experienced mogul user, 
so it's I'm kind of learning on the fly. But I mean, to me, they're they were a team with uh, uh, potential. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it was hard to deny their potential because they had drafted so high in so many of the drafts. But I think you were right in in putting forth the pieces didn't fit together. I was a huge proponent of that on on the podcast. I had often been much more negative on Minnesota than a lot of the other general general managers. Not because I didn't think they have talent, but I mean after a while I've been playing you know, I've been playing this game since I was in middle school and once you start to play it often enough, you just notice the patterns in the teams that are successful. And although it doesn't always work and there are always going to be exceptions, uh you can generally look at a team and and get a general and get a sense about whether they look as whether they're going to be as good as they look on paper or not, and Minnesota was one of those classic underachieving teams, uh, at least when the nation was there. Uh, what what would you think was your? Have you been happy with what you can do with the team since coming into Minnesota? Would you have wanted to do more? Would you want to do less? Uh, how do you feel about your tenure so far? Uh, well, I'll be honest. Blues helped me kind of quite a bit as far as kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. I mean, I kind of had the option of going either way uh, because they did have some pieces there. But it was whether or not I wanted to spend the money and try and go make a push immediately or move pieces and and build for the future. And to be honest, I've kind of done a little bit of both. I haven't done a, a real good job of going all in one way or the other. I mean, uh, I kept – kept goalie after last year and probably should have let him go if uh, doing what I'm wanting to do is as far as going to rebuild but uh, I mean I just kind of feel that uh, right now I'm kind of early in the rebuild but that's I think that was the best option for him really yeah I'd be inclined to agree Uh, GB what since since you have been uh, uh, Rumble's confidant, uh, I guess, it, since he's taken over the team, uh, and I know, and and since I've worked with you before as a co-GM, I know kind of what you get this, yeah, probably what you suggested to him, but what, what sort of things have you um, suggested to him to get Minnesota, like, a little bit more back on their feet? I'm um, just, like, uh, it's weird to say Rumble when I'm talking about my real life. Dan, what... What Dan was saying, um, um, just trying to rebuild because there's a lot of mismatched pieces on Minnesota and uh, just kind of do the long haul there. You don't really want to um, try to win now when you're not equipped and it'll push your time frame back even more. So um, do the rebuild, do it right, and hopefully in five years or so he's going to be a part of the competitive AL Central. I mean, I suppose that would definitely that that would be the hope. Uh, let's hope you, Brumble. I certainly hope that you can get there. And um, yes, you can call each other by their real names. I mean, I think we'll get a sense of everyone is. You can even call me George if you want. Although that's going to be really strange because everyone's used to calling me G Money or G's, especially. It's like it seems like the money sign has been lopped off my name. Maybe fancy. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, we're going to move on to the next part of this. Uh, and that's going to talk about, uh, and that'll be to talk about what the heck did he even put next on the thing? Probably the trade. Uh, yeah, it was definitely the trade. Um, you just made a major move to move uh, the two guys you just mentioned, uh, Rumble, uh, Palencia and um, and uh, Johnstone to L.A. Uh, a lot of people, I, I saw in the chat at one point that Peter was very critical about the end deal. Um, we'll just go over the, uh, we'll just go over the uh, terms of the trade before we end up talking about those sort of things. It looks like, uh, pulling this up, blah, 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 stalling for time. It's plenty of Johnson for Stansfield, Harperson, Payne, Winter, and a cornucopia of picks, uh, 36, which I guess would be a comp pick, 102, 104, 118, 147, 160, and 169. So, um... It looks like Harold is finally uh, switching the on-off switch to on for trying to win in the uh, win in the uh, AL West. Uh, picking a difficult time to do it, but um, 
especially with, you know, Seattle and Oakland still relatively strong, especially Seattle. Um, but this finally competing, uh, this finally going through your rebuild. Uh, GB, what do you ultimately think of the deal that uh, that uh, Rumble got for Minnesota for those two players? Uh, I thought it was decent. Um, I probably would have switched around a few of those prospects that uh, I weren't wasn't so high on that Harold threw in there because they look solid, but maybe aren't as good as you would think. Um, the picks, you know, there's one pick that has value and the others are kind of lottery lottery tickets. But, uh, you know, Stansfield, um, he could be pretty good. It looks like Harperson got a jump, um, or Harperson or whatever his name is. So it's just, it's probably the best offer that, that Dan got um, because really, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of low ball offers out there, and and maybe not equal value, but it was it was as good as he could do at that time. Uh, so what? Uh, so uh, Rumble, what do you think? Uh, were these the kind of players? You, were you holding out for like these sort of players, or was this just a situation where you just felt you needed to make a move, and this is the best offer you had on the table? Well, I mean. I've been trying to move Palencia for the last two seasons, and I wasn't super impressed with some of the offers I was getting. And Harold just kind of popped up one day and was like, hey, I want Palencia. And I was like, well, what are you going to send me? And uh, obviously I got pretty interested when Stansfield was mentioned, and we kind of had a deal for Palencia, kind of ironed out, and, He's been hounding me, too, for about a season and a half about Johnstone wanting him, and we kind of disagreed about what he was worth, and um, nobody was really interested in Johnstone by himself, and I was like, well, let's, you know, what would you add to the package if I threw him involved, you know, threw him in, and I felt like the specs that I got were okay for, I mean, obviously I, you know, if I could have got more, I wished, you know, I would have got more, but, uh, I mean, it's, that's kind of the way the market is right now. Yeah. It it does seem like a lot of the time there is a, uh, there, there is sort of a buyer's market in FCM. Uh, it can be very hard, especially unless you're talking about elite, elite talent to get people to give up like their best prospects. It seems like people will hold on to them as often as they can. Um, I think the deal, I think the deal uh, probably isn't the best value you could have gotten for them, but uh, I think that every player involved, including Johnstone and Johnstone and Palencia have some, uh, all have some pretty clear weaknesses. I think uh, Palencia is a very talented player, but uh, he's not really going to be an elite power hitter. Um, he's going to be that number two type of hitter that draws a lot of walks, which has some value. But I really don't think he's going to be more than a you know a, a ten homer guy in a season. I mean, even when you were playing him when you were playing him pretty regularly over the past two seasons, had thirteen and nine home runs, uh, put up really good OBPs. But we're talking about a guy who's probably not, uh, who probably shouldn't be rated in ninety three. Is probably more around the range of a high eighties type of player. And I feel the same sort of thing with Johnstone, who's really good at drawing walks but doesn't hit for a great average. Uh, plays solid enough defense and can hit for some power. He's probably one of the better catchers in the file, but I don't think he's going to be – he's a guy you can comfortably hit, like, clean up, and uh, and it's just going to produce a ton of runs for you. Now, both those guys are pretty valuable, but um, those guys are probably pretty hard. I think that that's maybe what some of the other owners were seeing and that maybe you couldn't get exactly the kind of value you intended for both of them. Um, I think uh, in terms of the players you're getting back, uh, clearly the best one in my mind is uh, is Stansfield. Uh, I think Stansfield is a very good defender. Um, I think he has some potential with the bat as well. Uh, his splits aren't great, but if he gets up toward that 90 rating, I think he'll be a very, very solid uh, third baseman. Uh, the other guys I'm not a big of a fan of. I was I called Harperson one of the worst picks when he came out. I think he'll be able to hit, but I don't think his bat plays in the middle infield, and I think he's ultimately a DH. Uh, Joel Payne um, also has some good potential and could be a pretty solid catcher, 
but I don't know if he uh, – I think that jump might be a little misleading as to where his peak can, is going to end up. He's a very bad eye for the plate, so he's not going to give you much beyond his contact and power by itself. And uh, in terms of the pitcher, Brian Winter, to me, probably looks a little more like a reliever than a starter with the profile we've seen so far. I thought it possibly ends up in the background of the rotation, but I wouldn't call it particularly likely. So I think um, really if you're getting fair value back, it depends on uh, whether Palantir and Johnstone hold up for a little while and what you can get at pick 36. So I think will be a big determination about whether you end up winning this deal. I do agree that you had to move them at some point, and they're probably two of your best assets. I think it's probably toward the low end of what you got, but if this is what the market dictated, I can't fault you too much for it. Well, and as far as Payne, when I looked at him, honestly, I felt like he was an upgrade over Johnston as a as a catcher for the future. I mean, defensively, I think he's going to be better than what Johnstone was. But. Right. I mean, I think that if he hits that full peak rating, that's possible. I just don't know how incredibly likely that is. He's got he's got a pretty impressive defensive profile, especially when it comes to throwing out runners. But uh, I don't know how much he's going to ultimately give you beyond that. Uh, we'll find out down the road. But um, I think how he develops and as well as what you get with, with that pick at 34 is going to ultimately determine what you got back in this deal, um, and whether you got back fair value in this deal. Certainly an interesting deal, and I don't know why it was – what exactly the major criticism it was for it. I don't think it was an awful deal on your part by any means. Uh, maybe not great, but certainly not something worthy of great derision. You know, well, well, I mean, everybody gets to make comments when they're sitting in the back seat on how people drive. Oh, right. yeah, <laughs> throwing some shade Peter's way, and I like how we're on a podcast talking about talking about other teams and now accusing people of armchair quarterbacking or backseat <laughs> driving or whatever. Mm. But right. this is a, but. This podcast, though, is also about admitting when you're wrong. And now is a very important time to admit when we might be wrong. Uh, when it comes to mention, when it comes to segment three, we're going to talk about some teams that were a lot that started off a lot better or worse than we expected they were going to, and whether it means that we need to reevaluate what they're going to do on the season. Um, I think it's a very interesting. I think it's a very interesting question. Like you know, taking those first few weeks and then seeing how they may reshuffle the entire the entire way you look at a team. Because I think that there might be some situations with that um, going forward. Uh, so, uh, GB, we'll start with you. What was the team that you thought specifically stood out to you as having a really good or bad start and that how that might uh, – how you think that might affect their season? Um, I would have to say Toronto. Um they have the best record in the league right now. And I had them, let's see, as a two, maybe a wild card, but I thought Corey was kind of on the tilt of being able to um, start to maybe trade some players away and, and go for the rebuild. I didn't know. The last couple of years it was kind of iffy, um, I thought. But he, he's kept all of his good players, and he's off to a really good start. So it's, it's you know, win now for him definitely. Uh, yeah, Toronto coming out to a really hot start. I think the consensus was on the previous podcast of the favorite in the AL East was Tampa Bay, who's now sitting in third behind both Toronto and Baltimore. Baltimore jumping way up after a really slow start and some huge defensive problems in the early goings that they've started to recover from a bit. But Toronto has definitely opened some eyes. Guys like uh, Orozio and Caston are still producing despite their lower ratings. They still got Arado in the middle of that lineup. Uh, Benke Abukara has been reasonably impressive. Uh, Ryan Blake has also has, has also given some things. Jay Reed, like he, none of these guys look like particularly standout players, but all have been relatively solid in the early going. And if you combine that with again a pitching staff that's been a little better than expected and uh, has guys performing toward the high end of their ability. Um, it's in, it's surprising to see Toronto up this high. Uh, 
I'm not so certain this trend will continue. I think this is about on the high end of what they can do. And I probably still bet on Tampa Bay. But Toronto getting off to a 28-12 and 12 start means that they're probably in contention for a wild card spot. Um, and I wouldn't have ex- necessarily expected that. Uh, expected them to be in the driver's seat for a playoff spot this early in the season by any means. Um, Rumble was a team that you thought was uh, started out much better or worse than you were expecting. Uh, I thought Colorado had a great start to the season. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at where they finished at the NL West at the end of last year, uh, essentially going last to first before this sim, which after this sim they're still on top. But uh, and I'll be honest, I haven't followed their off season moves super super closely. But I mean, to me, anytime you have a team that goes last to first. It, it opens your eyes. Right. Uh, really strong run differential in Colorado to start out. I mean, their offense is obviously, like, what's driving this team second in the National League in runs. But still below the average in the National League in runs allowed, which is really tough to do in that very cartoonish Colorado ballpark, the way Mogul puts it together. Uh, the humidor will be no help to you here. Um it's clear to see, like, you know, Taos especially has given them immense production as a second baseman, uh, been solid defensively, and, and been anchoring the middle of that lineup. It just really good production from pretty much everyone in that lineup, short of maybe Kyle Wade. Um, and, and I think the really interesting thing is, although we bashed the trade for Tommy Martinez, Martinez has come right out of the gate and been one of – really anchored down that Colorado rotation – uh, you know, five wins, 341 ERA, um, and really impressive 280, uh, 218 opposing batting average in Colorado, which is about what he was running in Florida. I don't know if that will continue, but it may have been that we underrated Tommy Martinez a little bit, and this might have been a shrewder pickup than I would have uh, uh, – shrewder pickup than we gave it credit for on the initial podcast. So, uh, yeah, we're eating a bit of crow when it comes to Colorado so far. Uh, GB, any other teams that jump out to you as being much better or worse than you thought they would be off the top? Uh, I mean, your Mets. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, under. I was waiting for this. <laughs> I mean, ten minus 10 on the run differential. Um, you know that your division is always really tough, so to fall eight games back this early is, is going to be tough with – I don't think Philadelphia is going to – hang up there, but I mean, with Florida and Washington, it's going to be tough to uh, to get back into that. Um, so definitely the Mets would uh, have some a cause for concern for me. Sorry, Jim. Well, if it makes you feel better, I'm certainly also concerned. Uh, this has been troubling. Um, I think there were a couple drops off the start of the season to Laverde and Kramer, which got me worried. Um, and then the concern continued when this team just has not been hitting. Uh, Wiles, who was really a diamond in the rough last year and did, was really productive as a center fielder, uh, giving me close to 20 steals. He, he was right around a 2020 guy with with good on base percentage. Really, like sparked the top of the lineup. He's been he's been nowhere to be found this season. 538 OPS, been really awful. Bradley Lamp. Um, really has not brought his bat with him when he went from Seattle to New York with really only his speed and defense showing up, and that's not going to get it done, especially for what I'm paying him. So, you know, fuck up, Bradley Lamp. And I think the real issue is that the team isn't hitting. Uh, I think the the defense was sort of bad in the first sim, and that worried me, but I think it's bounced back a little bit. So I'm not overly concerned about the defense or the pitching right now. Uh, I think it'll probably be better as the season goes on. But if we're not scoring runs, uh, it's certainly not going to get us anywhere near Washington. And even with Florida's slow start, uh, Philadelphia's offense has looked really, really good in the early going, and that could be a problem. I, I said on the initial podcast, they're probably about a 500 team, and if they continue winning games and making things difficult, it might be hard to uh, it, it might be hard to get back into this race and become a serious contender. Uh, Rumble, any other teams that you were shocked by the start of? Um, I actually had Milwaukee that uh, I, I kind of thought, you know, 
it's almost the exact opposite of what we talked about with Colorado going from last to first. You have Milwaukee going first to last, and I understand there was some new ownership, and and I don't know exactly what they were wanting to do, but I mean, if you look at them, they still have some good pieces, but it it just mm. seems like they're underperforming. Yeah, that's exactly the way I would put it too. Like it just it just seems like guys that you could normally rely on for good numbers just aren't coming through with good numbers. And it starts at the top of their rotation with Paul Reinhold, yeah. who's got a five sixty eight ERA in the early going and given up sixteen home runs already in fifty eight innings. Considering this guy was probably one of the best like a lot of people are proclaiming him as an ace and one of the best pitchers in the National League although I was a little more lukewarm on him, I certainly wasn't expecting him to come out this cold and this absolutely devastating. And it's also amazing that he's thrown two complete games despite this awful ERA and this and these awful performance right off the top. Vince Poulson has been an absolute disaster. The back end of that bullpen has been a mess. And although the hitting has been okay, Stu Creek hasn't quite lived, lived up to it. I think James, Shane McGee's dropped a bit. It just aren't getting much on the offensive side of the ball either, but I think the bigger problem is that pitching staff. If they can't get some of those ERAs under control, it is going to be a long season for Milwaukee, even with all that talent there. It might be a situation where you need to switch up some parts uh, to get that team back to where it needs to go, because right now it, it's looking ugly. I agree. Uh, I'd say one more team that just jumps out to me as, as a team that I wasn't expecting, uh, a team that I wasn't expecting exactly uh, where they started was, um, I thought they were good, but um, I didn't think that St. Louis would look this solid off the top, especially when you consider, look, look who's hitting cleanup for them, a 74-93 rated 19-year-old Vinny Evans uh, with really unimpressive ratings who's uh been uh, put up an 800 OPS in, in, in starting cleanup in that lineup. It's really amazing that he's got that kind of numbers out of him. We know we talk about GD and his voodoo. Uh, the pitching staff outside of Steve Moore has also been really effective without a lot of impressive names. It seems like the, the system's been working for him pretty well there. Um, I didn't think they'd be bad, but if anything, I think based on how they performed so far, uh, 23 and, and 17 probably, if anything, understates where they should be. And I think that, that we may have written off the Cardinals a little bit too soon, and they're probably at least a wild card contender this year, especially with some of the slow starts by, you know, myself, Florida, and Milwaukee that are going to make this race a big mess down the stretch. Yeah, I had, um, I had St. Louis in last in the division uh, for me um, coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Because I just didn't like. There's a couple of pieces left over from when they were really good, but uh, everything that's came up or been traded for after that, I just have not been a fan of. But I mean, you know, 23 and 17, and like you said, there's a lot of teams that were in that wild card discussion at the beginning that are kind of not playing very well. So you know, they're they're a huge surprise, I'd say. Yeah pretty significant one um yeah it looks like the national league especially is going to be a mess and and uh, in the american league there's there's probably some stuff you could also talk about some other teams that we didn't mention you know san diego is probably a little bit worse than we expected them to be uh maybe chicago is a little bit better um oakland might be a little bit worse but you know even even considering that just been a surprising start to the season in general i think would be fair to say um without too much controversy. Any other teams that you guys would like to mention before we move on to the team-by-team preview? Uh, Texas. Okay. Texas. Just, what about Texas really surprises you? Do, are they like Considering they're at 500, are you surprised that they're higher or lower than 500? I'm surprised that they are actually 500. I would think they would be one of the worst teams in the American League. So, um on the flip note, the Yankees are the worst team in the American League, So, and I wouldn't think that. So there's a, there's a surprises everywhere uh, this early, I'd say. Mm-hmm. A rumble, any any other things you want to mention? Uh, I, I thought Washington, and don't let my hatred for Peter prevent this, but I, they kind of surprised me this year. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, looking at their team, I, I think 
he's got a, a pretty solid ball club. Uh, and I'll touch more on this later when we go into the team-by-team stuff. But, uh, I mean, 25 and 15 right now. Uh, I think they were 27 and or no, not twenty-seven and something, but I think they were eighteen and seven last sim. But I mean, still is they were they were pretty good last sim too, and they'll just be interested to see how they hold up through the stretch. Yeah, I mean, we I think uh, GB and I both mentioned them as one of the most improved teams. Uh, hitting a guy like Missila, who's been banged up though, which has definitely helped, um, like to really solidify the middle of that lineup. Um, Interesting to see exactly where they'll end up, but uh, it seems like uh, both GB and I picked them to win the division. It looks like they're headed to that, um, unless uh, something goes horribly wrong, which we can all only hope that it will. Uh, so let's move on to the uh, to the team-by-team preview. This podcast is probably going to be a little shorter than the ones you expected, but A, it's May. It's May. It's the middle of the season. Not too much has happened other than the uh, – uh, other than, like, the stuff we already mentioned, and, you know, the season preview part is the one we're concentrating on. So let's move on and talk about the American League East. Uh, Rumble, who is apparently wasted, according to your own statement in the chat, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think about the American League East? How do you think it'll shake out the rest of the season? Mm, I don't – honestly, I still like Tampa. Uh I know Toronto's got out to a great start, but I just worry about their offense. And really, they've they've got two pitchers, and I wonder if they can if they can go go the distance. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's my thoughts. Yeah. Any any other teams you want to mention? Do you think like uh, any other thoughts you have on teams in that division? Uh, well, I would say. I know uh, who took over Boston. I'm trying to think of that. Uh, Rocky. Yes, I know. I've I've heard that he's he's kind of doing a rebuild. Uh, so, kind of that I thought it was a two horse race after the first couple of sims between Toronto and Tampa. And like I said, I I, I just kind of. I wonder if if Toronto can go the distance, or if Tampa may luck out and and pull it out at the end. Yeah, mm. yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see if that Tampa Bay team that we've seen earlier really shows back up again. Uh, they're still scoring runs at a pretty good rate, but uh, their pitching staff has not really been living up to the expectations. That bullpen has been a disaster. Mac McSimon. With five saves and twelve opportunities, making Jose Valverde look like Mariano Rivera. Uh, sorry, GB. He played for my team too. Hey, he had one good season with us. <laughs> Just the one. So, mm-hmm. uh, GB, what do you think of the AL East? How do you think it's going to shake out the rest of the way? Are you confident in standing by Tampa Bay, as you predicted on the podcast? I am. I am confident on Tampa Bay still. Um, taking the East. They have a, a great rotation. Um, you know, their bullpen can't be any worse than it has been so far. A lot of good hitters uh, up and down the lineup. Um, some depth there. While um, Toronto, you know, they're pitching really well. And they're, they're just... I don't see that rotation doing what they've been doing um, for the rest of the season. They do have a good bullpen, which could maybe keep them close to Tampa. Um when they rather wouldn't be. Um, their lineup has good pieces, but I don't. I, I take Tampa's. Um, I think it is a two-team race. Um, Baltimore. I just don't think they're pitching. It's just kind of just decayed over the years from when you were there. And uh, obviously the Yankees are, have made a huge hole. They still have talent, but uh, I don't really know what Eric's doing. Um, he is a Spartan fan, so he's probably confused himself. And um, Boston, Rocky is doing the total rebuild, so they will end up in last. Yeah, um, I think the two teams that are clearly out of it at this point are are 
Boston and New York. I, I think even Rocky would admit there isn't enough in the pipeline in Boston right now, especially with their pitchers gone, to really get back into this race. And New York, although they have talent, they've been a tire fire, and that pitching staff really not looking so good. Uh, I would, cons- if I were him, I would consider just blowing the whole thing up because with some of their yeah, financial yeah. issues, yeah, yeah, I I think they should really uh, trade some things. And uh, they could get a huge ransom for a guy like Pierre Fisk that might, with some of their other prospects, uh, make this a fairly short turnaround for them. But with if they're going to be financially hamstrung uh, for a little while, I would say try to cut bait on some of these contracts and, and start over a little bit. And, you know, with that big Yankees market, um, they can get back into the they can get back into the race in no time flat. I would lean toward Tampa Bay still taking this division. I'm a little bit worried about their defense. Um, uh, Chico Fuji is their shortstop. Is not very like very good with the bat, but maybe not putting up the numbers you really want to um, or you would expect him to. And uh, pretty much a zero with the glove. If I'm if I'm being blunt about it, uh, I think maybe dealing him away and putting in a more defensive-minded shortstop will boost that defense up a little bit more. Um, and I think their defense that, that their defense needs to be better. I do think they need help in the bullpen as much as it hurts me to say that as an anti-bullpen uh, kind of person. Uh, Toronto is going to be good. I don't know if that defensive average is going to hold up, and therefore I don't know if the pitching staff is going to hold up. And even then, we're getting some pretty – pretty high-end performances from nearly a, from a lot of their older guys in the lineup who may drop again, who may fade. I think Toronto has now put themselves I – would, I would honestly maybe take them for a wild-card spot over Oakland at this point because Oakland's just come out so flat. Uh, although Oakland might have more overall talent, we're talking about a pretty significant difference in games at this point. Uh, I don't know if I'd definitely pick Toronto to, to win the wild-card in the American League over either Chicago or Oakland, but all of a sudden – They've made themselves uh, they've made themselves a pretty significant contender for that. So we'll see how that goes. We'll move on to the American League Central, where our two other co-hosts reside. So uh, if you, you guys could be biased about this, who knows? Um, uh, GB, uh, do you think the AL Central will still shake out with you on top as you predicted? Uh, I would switch it up. I'd have the White Sox winning it right now. Um, they're just lineup is just on fire. Um, I, their top seven hitters are over 300 uh, with a lot of power. Um, mm-hmm. Good on base. It's just ridiculous. Um, I don't expect them all to keep that up. But sometimes when you get a lot of guys having career years together, I mean, it can mean a really good season for you. Um, their pitching has been marginal. Um, not that great, really. Uh, I would expect them to pitch a little bit better. And, uh, you know, with with my team, um, just not a lot of depth in the lineup. A uh, bunch of drops that aren't good, injury to the catcher for two months. Um, pitching the rotation isn't very deep. So um, I think I have a good shot at a wild card. I think could win the division. But I think it's it's the White Sox uh, are the front runners right now. And then... Then you got probably Kansas City um, because Mike just does things to be relevant. So not not like not saying it like that. He just he has voodoo that keeps his team, you know, decent while he's rebuilding. And uh, uh, Minnesota fourth. Um, he's Dan's kind of in the middle of a rebuild himself. And Cleveland's just might have the worst major league team in the file. So I expect them to be last. Yeah, um, so so you jump Chicago, uh, you jump ship to Chicago right now. Very interesting. I'm sure the fans in Detroit are excited to hear that. Uh, Rumble, what do you think of the uh, AL Central? Uh, I actually kind of disagree with Blue a little. Uh, I know he talked about Chicago's pitching kind of being so-so, but if you look at their... Mm -hmm. Top three starters are sixteen and two. Uh, that's I don't think that's really so. So I do agree. I mean, their their lineup's on fire right now, and the big question is going to be whether or not they can keep it up. Uh, but if 
I've seen hot starts with, with pitchers, and it's kind of interesting to see how they finish out the season. I mean, last year, heck, I had goalie. Had a pretty good start, and Serrato's both. And then down at the end, they just faded away. And I mean, they both still kind of had good years, but it'll be interesting to see how Chicago closes. Uh, but I, I, and I don't want this to seem like Blue is influ- influencing me, but I still like Detroit. I, I think they can pull out the Central uh, and, and just keep a hold of it. Uh, I think maybe towards the end they can get some stuff rolling. I mean, there's a lot of talent, and it's it's kind of like some other teams we talked about early about uh, worse than we expected. And not that Detroit's played or has came out worse than what we've expected, but I think to an extent they've underachieved. I mean, if you look at what their lineup has produced, it, I mean, they're capable of more, you know. All right. That's kind of how I look at it. I mean, in my mind, there's no reason to pull the ripcord. There's no reason to pull the ripcord and bail out on Detroit yet. They're still like 26 and three. I mean, 26 and 13. If they were 26 and three. There'd definitely be no reason to pull the ripcord and uh, eject. Uh, the team still looks solid. I mean, it, about the only really bad thing you can say is maybe the lineup isn't as good as, as Chicago's now um, because Chicago's got that. Two, three, four of Bastos, Horton, and Keel, which is just really, really difficult to deal with. But, you know, there's still Kondo, there's still Purdy. Uh, Shriana's done a little bit better than I would have thought going into Detroit, although I'm not a big, particularly big fan of what he brings to the table um, as a player. I think he's a bit overrated, but uh, I think the disappointing stuff is that you haven't gotten more production from Kirk Blackard, and it looks like he's dropped a bit. I mean, just on the overall, not so much on the peak, but I think it's still trending in the right direction. Um, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, I think that I would, if I were predicting today, like Detroit and Chicago would definitely be in the AL playoffs. It'd just be a question of who would win the division. And, and since I had Detroit off the start and they still have a one-game lead, I have no reason not to pick them. Uh, back into that division, Kansas City is probably the best of that uh, Cleveland Minnesota group. Sorry, sorry, uh, Rumble. But even then, Rumble is saying himself he's not really going all out to contend. Uh, Kansas City, I think you know that that edge and lineup construction that Mike always brings to the table does really create an advantage. But there's still massive holes on that team, and I think that they'd be honestly pretty lucky to finish anywhere near 500 and Cleveland and Minnesota should probably Cleveland will be in line for a top three pick and Minnesota would probably still pick somewhere in the top 10 if the, if the draft, uh, if the draft were to, were to come about. So uh, it's definitely a two horse race, but I think both of those horses will be playing into October. So we'll move on to the AL West. where Seattle will start. Yeah, I know. These transitions are wonderful. I love it. Broadcast school. Nice. Uh, Monty, broadcast school is really paying off. Uh, <laughs> in the AL West, Seattle has the early lead with Oakland coming out really flat. Texas and Los Angeles and Houston all hovering around that 500 range with Oakland. Uh, I believe we picked Seattle to win this division uh, despite despite some of their losses, do we think that Seattle, Seattle is still going to lead it? Uh, we're going to start with Rumble this time because I feel like it. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's, to me it seems like if Oakland can work out a few kinks that they could overtake Seattle. But I also think, I mean, Seattle could also answer that. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's just pretty tight to me right now and I mean I see things when I look at both teams I see things I like and I see things I don't like and to me right now it could go either way I mean obviously it's not as close as the AL Central but it's still similar I mean somewhat close but it is also early in the season it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next few sims yeah, it is going to be interesting because Oakland still has a lot of that high-end talent. I do think losing a Hearn hurt them more than I like to admit, especially with uh, Jeremy Absin going down for an extended absence. See what I did there? 
um, with uh, with Clint Parker kind of banged up as well. Uh, Marfil already dropping after coming to Oakland, and yeah, I think he was relied on at least being a piece in that lineup. There are definitely some holes there in Oakland, but I think the good thing about them is they've still got that massive pitching talent, and Speedy Canamaro looks like he's, he, he's going to be as close to a shoe-in for the Cy Young for the way he started the season. Jesus. Uh, a 109 ERA to start the year. Um, the bullpen's not great. Uh, there's some shaky things, but you could say with Seattle, they've definitely lost some of the high-end talent from the middle of that lineup, and I will – and. I'm tempted to threaten to eat my shirt again if we keep getting this production from Brian Tullis, uh, who looks like a, who's looked like an MVP candidate. Nothing like the sort of mediocre player we've seen thus far. Uh, but again, Seattle hasn't gotten as much production from guys like Shipman and McDowell as they've gotten in years past so far. So I'd say, considering both guys, have, both teams have key players underperforming, I'd probably give Seattle the early advantage. Uh, especially considering with Oakland's, uh, you know, average run differential, uh, they might be even lucky to be at 22 and 19 so far. Uh, I do think that they should still be a wild card contender, but they've spotted Toronto uh, quite a few games, and who knows if that'll come back to bite them. Uh, in terms of the back end of the division, Texas, LA, and Houston, I think will all be in that you know, 70 to 80 win range probably for the most of, most of the year. I think. LA and Houston are trying to like turn things around, but they still have too many holes on the teams uh, for the most part. And Texas is still in the process of pushing players out for the rebuild and might still have enough to give them, give them, you know, a few wins here and there to keep them uh, suspiciously relevant is the way I'll put it. Well, the the only thing I'm going to say about Los Angeles is I, I like their hitters. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not only because I traded two of them that I thought were really good, although <laughs> and Johnstone have underperformed since getting out there. But, I mean, if you look at their lineup, they they should be producing. The only thing I don't like about them is their pitching. I, I, I don't like it at all. But that that's my Yeah, I'm, I mean, the pitching's, the pitching's kind of tough. I mean, Dawson is fine, but – and I think Loftus has some potential, but uh, other than that, uh, I don't really love it. Uh, Dodds, I think, is more really sort of is peaking out below the way we would have expected for him. Uh, Widmer looks like a decent back-end starter, but you know maybe maybe they would need another jump from Mark Kirk for him to really be ready. It, it, the pitching is just not quite ready for prime time. Uh, they can... this. I think this team is still waiting on a guy like a key, some key guys like, you know, Equace or Fadugo or Sabla to get called up and really spark this team forward. I think they're in the early stages of of competing, and I think uh, without some of those key guys, some of those key guys still in the minors, they're not there yet. And I think uh, I think uh, Harold is, is clever enough to know that. So uh, I think they're not really there yet, uh, and I think it would be really tough to get a wild card, especially with the emergence of Toronto but we'll see if that's possible going down the rest of the way. Um, let's move on to the National League and, of course, the bloodbath, uh, the red wedding known as the NL East. Uh, see, yeah, I'm already working in great Game of Thrones references, even though I just started watching the show a week ago. Um, so oh, in the NL East, you've got uh, – yeah? You just started watching the entire show a week ago. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm not going to say anything else, but... He's embarrassed. I know I know I may have been late to the ship, So, but but the you ship is still sailing. So yes, I am on the ship at least. Right. Better late than never, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll move to the NL East where you have, the, where you have Washington leading uh, Philadelphia shockingly in second, probably... And I'm surprised surprises we talked about in Florida and New York, both middling in the back and Atlanta losing as Atlanta is attempting to do. So that's not entirely a surprise. Uh, this, I, most people, on the, I think everyone on the podcast is pretty Washington in the NL East, but now with the, the poor starts from Florida and New York, two teams that we expected to be wild card contenders, uh, GB, has this really changed the way you feel about uh, feel about this division with the way it sh- shook out over the first three sims? Uh, 
I actually had you winning the division. Um, oh, thank you. Spot. Way to fuck yeah. that up. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to stick with it because... <laughs> what? I'm going to stick with it because you have Ron Austin batting cleanup. And you know what? All these other guys that I don't really like, but they're somehow good, they just are always good for you. Your pitching looks kind of who knows, but you're just going to magic G yourself to a division title and break Peter's heart. And you're going to take first. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't really have any good rationale for it, but you're just going to throw a little, I don't know, pixie dust on it, and, and, and it's going to happen for you. Um, I'm going to have Washington second because he's going to get some injuries and just go down the crapper here in a little bit. Florida third. Um, I I still think they could easily win the division, too, with their pitching staff, but uh, those top three are really tough. I, I, I don't see Philadelphia as good as you do. Um, I think they're going to take fourth, and then Atlanta's going to take a clear fifth. All right. Well, you're – Sticking with me despite the poor start, I suppose that's admirable. Um, we already talked about uh, getting on the ship late. I think you're just going down with the ship and just maybe assuming maybe. I have that, that strange voodoo that I had last season. Um, Rumble, do you see the NL East any differently? Uh, when I look at the NL East, I really like Washington's pitching. Uh, I, I've From Sim 2, I, I haven't got a lot of a lot of uh, been able to look at the third sim, but I thought after the second sim that they had really, really good pitching. Uh, Philadelphia, I like their top half of their hitting, and I like their uh, the back half of their pitchers. Uh, I thought they were better for some reason, which looking at it now makes no sense. The, the podcast I, tradition of contradicting yourself mid-sentence, which I have done on many occasions. So here's the one thing I'm going to say, G, is I think, like, when I looked at the Sims, the thing I noticed with New York is they battled some injuries early, and maybe if they can get that out of their system. there. I mean, there's a lot of talent. I, I mean, really the only team, and I know Stang is not going to like me when I say this, but Atlanta's the team with that is – out and they're not really going to compete. I mean, everybody else has a chance. It's just where the chips fall, uh, who gets lucky, who gets hot at the right time. And I mean, right now looking at it, uh, you're out of the injury woods for now. Knock on wood. But I mean, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still anybody's race. I mean, I know. Looking at it right now, you're eight games behind, and Florida's five and a half, and Philadelphia's three and a half. But it, it, it could change drastically. Yeah, it, it, obviously, all of this is subject to change. Uh, I, I would hope that I'm still at least a little bit of a contender here. Um, I think it's very difficult to. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to really maintain it. I think Washington's like very solid start and they've already put some distance in Florida and New York really will solidify like their quest for a division title. But I don't think that either Florida and New York's out of the wild card race. The issue is there are some teams that I don't think are necessarily going on all cylinders who already have probably a, a better record than some of us and might really get them back into this race. Um, so I, I would say that I would favor Washington. I think, Myself and Florida are in a battle for second and third, but Philadelphia is going to make that a lot closer than it probably should have been starting the year. Atlanta is going to win like 60 games or something like that, some <laughs> very low number. Um, and they know it, so it's whatever. Um, we'll move on to the National League Central. Um, Cincinnati really coming out with that hot start. Uh, maybe the loss of 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 a what's the name. Uh, you know, he's only a Hall of Fame caliber player in this file. Uh, oh, Horatio Aguilar? Yeah, Horatio Aguilar. Really didn't hurt them as much as expected. They really haven't suffered, like, the, the injury bug all that much yet, despite maybe not a ton of depth. And the top end of their pitching has been really good. So they've been kicking on all cylinders. I would say that they're probably the best team in the National League right now. Um, 
St. Louis doing okay, Pittsburgh hovering at around 500 with Chicago, and Milwaukee surprisingly in last place. The real question is, uh, can Milwaukee get back into this race? Um, picked by many people to win the division, although, uh, as JHC pointed out, the 100 Tim's pointed to Cincinnati, and it's certainly looking more like that than it is looking like Milwaukee. So do we think that Milwaukee can, back, can get back into it, and how is this division going to shake out? Is St. Louis a legitimate wild card contender or even a division contender with the way they've played? Uh, Rumble, what do you think of the NL Central? As of Sim 2, I still like Milwaukee. I thought if they could get things back on the right track, that they had a legitimate shot. But uh, looking at them right now, they're 10 games back. Uh, I, I mean, there's, like you said, there's a lot to like with Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, their pitching staff is, is pretty dang good on the top half, and they're getting support from the bullpen. And, uh, right now, I would have to change that and go with Cincinnati. I mean, I like them. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to pick against Cincinnati at this point, considering they're ten games ahead of Milwaukee. And even if you think both teams are relatively were relatively even starting the season, or even if you thought Milwaukee was a little better, ten games is a lot to make up even through the course of the season. And with Milwaukee's huge defensive problems, I think maybe this is going to be Cincinnati's year to rewin that division. Uh, I think that that Cincinnati team, although they've been really good, is probably off their top end peak a little bit, although they've still got Wilson and uh, Wilson Brown and Peter Moxon in the middle of that lineup. But I don't think it's as strong of a team, and I think that uh, their record currently overstates how good they are, and they think their run differential does too. I think the real issue is that St. Louis has popped themselves back in Milwaukee are now like really legitimate wild card contenders. And I don't, and I think St. Louis especially might be pretty sneaky in terms of their ability to stay in this race. Are they probably overachieving? Yes, but we've said that about GD teams in the past, and really seen them pop back into things. No, I, I would agree. I, I, I um, when I look at St. Louis, I like them more than Philadelphia, and you know, we like we talked about in the East is there's some question marks on Florida and New York. Obviously, they have talent, but. If you look at the way they're performing right now, I think St. Louis has the talent to overpower Philadelphia for the wild card spot. I'm completely different thinking on this. Um, I think Cincinnati is pretty much the clear favorite in the division. Um, I think Milwaukee's been mismanaged a little bit and haven't really been uh, um, haven't been looked over very well. And uh, but I think they have enough talent that are going to get into the wild card discussion. I don't think they're going to get into the division discussion. Uh, for some reason, I have the Cubs finishing third. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why. I like that. Um, yeah, I have Pittsburgh in fourth, and I have St. Louis coming all the way down to the bottom spot. Still, I mean, they had a good start, but I just don't see it in their in the on their roster. I think they're gonna slide down out and they're gonna have a horrible record by any means. I think all those NL Central teams are decent. So uh I still I still see them taking last in that division. And now last but not least, but maybe least, but probably not least, but definitely least is the NL West. Uh, Colorado uh, coming out with a hot start. We talked about them as one of the surprise teams here. San Francisco coming out pretty flat, and San Diego, the, probably the two teams we expected to be the best team in that division. San Diego already under 500 and, and proclaiming a rebuild, Decker style. And then Arizona and Los Angeles. Arizona tied with San Diego's record something a lot of people didn't expect. And Los Angeles really firmly entrenched toward the bottom of that division. So what do we really think about that NL West race right now? Has Colorado really emerged as a contender for that division? Or are we expecting San Francisco or San Diego to revert to their previous forms? Uh, GB, what do you think? Uh, I originally had the Padres winning the division. Um, I think they still could if they don't rebuild this year. Um, look at that, the, the streak for that division. Every team has lost. That was a three-game losing, four-game losing streak, and then the last three teams have all lost their last game. That's 
That's an OS for you. That's pretty impressive. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, but I think if if Deck does re- rebuild, I think the Giants win it. But Colorado has an outside chance to get it. Uh, going into the season, I thought they had no shot of that. I thought they'd be one of the top ten worst teams in in the file. Um, so CAD really surprised me and made me look stupid. But uh, I still think it's San Francisco's to lose now um, with San Diego rebuilding, Colorado having an outside chance, and then the other three teams are just going to hang out like they do. Uh, Rumble, what do you think of the NL West? Uh, let me finish pouring some OJ real quick. Don't interrupt OJ pouring. Jesus. Man, I would normally be enjoying the screwdrivers if it weren't for my doctor's instructions. Well, and with that quack till I can't believe that quack is telling me, like, we're worried about your liver, so you shouldn't drink. What does drinking have to do with the liver, honestly? I would so they don't, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> In the West, uh, when I look at Colorado, I initially like their bats. I think they've got average pitching. I look at San Francisco, and I just kind of feel, meh. I I mean, I don't feel one way or the other. Uh, Obviously, Arizona, let me pull them up real quick. Uh, As of Sim 2, their ace was Ofer, and it looks like he finally got his first win, but he's one of five. Uh, It's not a good sign when your fifth starter is leading the club in, in wins. Uh, Dodgers, I don't really like their rotation at all. Uh, and when I looked at them before, their their best hitters seemed like they were the lowest rated, lowest rated guys in their lineup. And that's, to me, you got to, I would think that the higher rated guys should at least be somewhat close, I mean, but it was, at that time, it was it was not close at all. Uh, but I, I still like Colorado at this point. I, I think there's no reason to, to really stray from them. Well, what I'll say about San Francisco last year is their hitting was far better than I was expecting it to be when I looked at that. And their hitting is now more in line with what I would have thought it was going to be like. I thought that San Francisco had some pretty solid pitching, but I didn't think they'd have great bats. And I think that that's maybe putting them a bit behind the eight ball. I think Vertigo needs to go out and either, like, either like you know, to, to really get a bat to solidify that lineup a bit, maybe give Bolton or Naroa a bit more protection. Um, Colorado has been really impressive coming out of the gate, but I really worry about that pitching staff. I, I think – I just don't expect Martinez to be this good, considering he struggled with his home runs a bit in Florida, and moving to Colorado is normally not a recipe for that to improve. Um, and I think uh, Colorado and San Francisco, are even whoever wins that division, I think it's probably going to be one of those two teams. I don't think they're going to have a record that's going to put them into the wild card race in the NL. Uh, so I think it's going to be one of those situations where where it's going to be a close battle between the two of them, but one of them is going to end up out looking on the outside. I do think San Diego was going to rebuild, and it's going to that backs me off taking them for second. It would probably put I'd be inclined to put them in third. I think Arizona and 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 Los Angeles are are two of the lower end teams in the file, and just have way too many holes on their team. Uh, the Los Angeles uh, rotation is only good in comparison to the Los Angeles bullpen, which is somewhere between uh, horrific and unimaginably horrific. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what we think of. That's it, That gives uh, – that's a season preview are the words I was looking to say, but somehow mm-hmm. couldn't, even though it's a very simple sentence. Uh, you guys have any more thoughts about the season? Any more random predictions, musings, notions, uh, quandaries? Hmm? Uh, um, go for it. I'm just curious on what year Kansas City is on their 20-year rebuild. Oh, shit. Oh, snap. 
<laughs> well, all I hear about in chat is how Mike is is in the middle of a rebuild, but he's going to compete, and like one or the other, you don't compete if you rebuild. That's how Mike does it. He's a magic man. He also thinks bacon is round. I is confused. Well, it, look, they have real bacon in Canada. It's not as if it's not as if Canadian bacon is the only alternative. But it's their it, it's their national bacon. It's don't don't ruin the narrative, G. Don't let facts cloud this thing. You know, even in Canada, they call Canadian bacon Canadian bacon in most places because well, they know what real they bacon should. is. They should know that their bacon is far inferior to American bacon. Well, my comments <laughs> will be, uh, I think there's been a lot of uh, interesting records early on more so than in years past because you kind of have those teams you know they're going to be there and uh, some wild card races are kind of close but so far in the season I know it's early that there's a lot of intrigue um, with a lot of teams going one way or another in which you would think differently early on so I think it builds to a pretty interesting season yep yep so I think that'll do it for this edition of the FCM podcast, maybe the shortest edition of the FCM podcast in a long time. But again, it's only really an add on to the previous podcast. So just combine those two and it'll be a regular length, 24 hour news cycle podcast, uh, full of unnecessarily long content rumble. Thank you for joining the podcast mafia and making uh, your podcast debut. And now you'll always be under the, the protection of the podcast uh, mafia. And uh, their godfather. I'm, I'm looking forward to the umbrella. <laughs> yes, Jim, I would just say to stay. I would just say to stay away from any toll booths in really in really brightly lit areas in the middle of nowhere. Just just throwing that out there. Doesn't really end well. well that doesn't work in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's all the middle of nowhere. Yeah, all uh, all our toll booths are in uh, fields. So. <laughs> yeah, you walk through the, you walk through ten miles of cornfield. There's a toll booth in mile five. Right, uh, assassins everywhere. It's terrible. Yep, yep. So uh, again, that'll do it for this edition of the FCM podcast. Uh, listen to it wherever you listen to our podcast. I'm not going to get feedback from the listeners because I don't want to find out they like listen to us in the shower or something. But good luck the rest of the season. We will talk to you guys again around draft time. Go wings. I assume I hang up now. What do you mean recording failed to stop? Fuck you, podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.